Hello, this is Jamie. And this is Heather. And welcome to Using Our Inside Voice, a podcast where we awaken to the extraordinary meaning of everyday mundane life by passing it through a particle collider of different and differing perspectives. And today we're talking about our journey in and out of the 1111 portal. Yeah. So it's been interesting. It's been so interesting and so frustrating to begin with. And now there's so much being revealed that it's overwhelming, honestly, in a good I way. Feel, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I've been put in a dryer on like tumble. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, woo, <laughs> round and round woo. she goes where she stops. Nobody knows. Because it's been a really, like, it's been a really interesting chunk with very different, like, there's been moments of, like, major, aha, like, discovery feeling type moments. And then there's been feelings of, like, what the hell? What are you trying to tell me moments? And then there's Mm -hmm. been moments of, ooh, I want to try this thing because I really think something amazing is going to come out of it. And then you do it and you're like, that doesn't feel amazing. Nothing amazing came out of that. (laughs) And then, like, half an hour later, you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> there was a thing that came out of that. And I didn't think a thing came out of that. Yeah. So it's been like that. It has. And really, it started uh, the day before. Well, maybe the day before the day before. Was it the day before the day before? It was like yeah, the day I think before it was, the day before. It was, it was two days before the eleven eleven portal. We were contemplating whether we were going to do a special recording for the occasion, and both of us wanted to. And uh, as we were discussing it, Jamie felt the niggle to be taken into session by me. Um, not a traditional regression session, more no. of a using the tool of trance to connect to whatever guides were calling her in for whatever reason. Exploratory. Yeah. It was curiosity. It was, and actually it wasn't, I can't even say for me, it was curiosity. I'm very content with what my guides give me, how they give it to me and when they give it to me. I, I, I don't have to wait for what I want to know unless it's something that is really, you know, it's not time yet. And, and in that way I have patience, but when it comes to simple questions, I expect simple answers because that's how the information comes through for me. However, when it is Jamie, she works completely differently. And I will let you explain that. I am a complicated (laughs) man. Man. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because pretty much from the beginning, I've always had the feeling that like, I'm being put through these moments of everything basically feels like an initiation. Everything feels like we're going to give you this much. This much is going to stir a memory or, you know, a thought process or, or ignite something, some new chain of something to start or revisiting a gift or realigning something. And I get just enough to kind of get that process started. And when I get really super curious, usually I kind of get the message that I need to put on the brakes that 
it's like, whoa, 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 too fast, too fast, slow down. You, we, we got other things that are happening here. And, um, you know, we have a, we have a particular path to follow. So we need you to stick with that. <laughs> so, which is hard for me because I am very curious. I am very curious. And I, I actually do enjoy, like, I enjoy the puzzles. I enjoy the treasure hunt. I enjoy the falling down the rabbit hole and diving deeper and deeper and deeper. I could get lost for, for days or months or years if somebody let me. And I'm pretty sure in past lifetimes, that was exactly my job. That's exactly what I did. And I was quite content for the most part to do that. So when we match myself with Miss Heather, who very much wants to like, can we just cut to the chase here? It's, um, it's, I, I just know that it's not always as enjoyable for you to try to get the things. But it's frustrating. It's really frustrating because, um, that's not the only difference between how her guides work with her versus how mine work with me. Mine know that I am really pragmatic, super practical, super you know, down to brass tacks. Let's figure out how to human this. And um, when they try and give me what I not so respectfully call the love and light bullshit, it pisses me off. Now, Jamie is into the ooey gooey, as she has previously stated on this podcast. She adores the ooey gooey. It's, it's really, it comforts her. It frustrates me. And so we went into this, this exploratory mission me with my pragmatic-based, you know, uh, approach, Jamie with her ooey-gooey approach, and um, I was pretty stymied. I was struggling, and I hadn't felt that way in a long time. Now, during a regular regression, when I'm dealing with someone's guides, I'm dealing with their guides for them on their behalf. I know how, at that point, I've had conversations with this person. I've gotten to know them in order to be the best facilitator for them. It's not about me. I'm not looking for answers for me. I'm looking, everything is for them. So that's what makes this different is because, you know, the way Jamie posited it to me was, I think we need to do a session and I think we need to go in and explore. And we didn't have a particular intention set for the session. It was really just exploratory. And even though we will tell you over and over and over again that expectations are the quickest way to kill your own understanding of what you're getting, your own understanding of your own receiving. Expectations are the best way to kill your ability to receive. And we did have expectations, me more so than Jamie, because it was Jamie who was doing the channeling and it was Jamie's guides who were picking up the other end of the phone that we rang. Um, but of course, it didn't occur to me until we were in the session and I didn't have a long list of questions written down, which meant I had to like struggle to interview this energy <laughs> that came through that I didn't really have any interest in interviewing, to be quite honest. Now, yeah. the energy that You're, came through was, what? I was just going to say, you had to navigate it. 
And I did not do a great job. My frustration level rose very quickly. I had flashbacks to when I have done this before where, oh, yeah, I forgot. I I kind of assumed that because I had done it before and the person with whom I'd been doing it with, I had we had worked out a system that was clicking for us. Um, I kind of assumed that that system could be applied here. Why not? Right. Well, apparently, no. Apparently, it's it's built from the ground up. <laughs> and my expectation was that I could just hit the ground running. And all I did was hit the ground. <laughs> thud. Yep. The big end. thud. Big thud. Big annoyance. Big disgruntled Heather. Um, the energy that came through was is something known as the Sophia. And I'll let Jamie talk more about that since that's her gig. Yeah, so the Sophia came through, which for me, Sophia really hadn't started coming through until, I mean, like I had picked up on her energy, but she didn't really start like making herself super present to me, super known to me until I want to say this past spring, this past spring, like during the time when I was down with the sickness and (laughs) in school she came through all of a sudden with all of these little mini revelations and I was like hey this is cool thanks um but I I very much connect with Magdalene energy and the Essenes and things of that nature and Sophia is one of those things that that consistently comes up um when you're exploring that area so uh, very very much aware of Sophia Sophia is kind of known as I think in in most circles known as the basically what would be the divine feminine um, of source the divine feminine energy of source so yeah Sophia tends to come through very um very a very loving energy but not necessarily fast moving or um cut to the chase all the time so so yeah she she likes to talk in in more flourished language and she likes you to discover what things mean to you she wants to pull that out so she doesn't necessarily want to give you the answer. She wants you to feel into the answer, which was not a favorite for Miss Heather. Not at all. Ugh. I mean, all I do is feel into I don't need to go into sessions to feel into answers. I go into session to have a conversation. So that's frustration number one. Um, and I didn't know how as much as I know and as much as many times as they've told me that there is no there's no real difference between us and them we have this built-in religiosity regarding our take on talking to quote higher beings just by calling them higher beings we are referring to that feeling or that belief that there is a hierarchy, that we are beneath them, that we are beholden to them. And the first thing that started coming through when I started doing sessions, uh, even though I wasn't asking for it, I guess I was presenting it in a way where it needed to be stated, uh, that there's no difference between us, that they are 
in their own way beholden to us for having agreed to this journey on this planet to begin with. However, it still comes through, even for me, even though I am not particularly religious and I have a different take on all of that, which is probably a conversation for another time. Uh, when it comes to talking to other people's guides who are of a rather lofty rank, like the Sophia, if suddenly you're connected, do do do. The number you have died. Oh, wait, we're connecting. Oh, look, it's the Sophia, the feminine aspect of God. And I'm like, eh. uh, I don't know what to do with that. What, what, do, what, uh, what do I do with the feminine aspect of God? I don't really care about any of that. <laughs> like, If I were doing an exploratory mission, the least likely candidate for me to explore would be the feminine aspect of God. I don't have any – there that, that it's an unblazed territory. There are no trails there. And she comes through and she's waiting for me to ask questions. And all I wanted to do was say, can I speak to a man? <laughs> Is there a man there I can speak to? <laughs> because the difference between the male and the female energy is the female's very calm and serene and loving and patient and kind. And I'm like, uh, but can I get a little friction? Can you I wanted get a builder. I want a builder. I want a, you I wanted an, an architect. architect. I need an architect. And that's not an architecture energy. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I derped my way like a derpy derp <laughs> through this exploratory session. And when it was over, I couldn't be more grateful <laughs> that I was released from my prison <laughs> of having to ask an interview question, interview this, this entity who I have nothing really to talk about with. I mean, anything that the Sophia can give to me, I'm sure will come through with my normal connection. So it, it really wasn't for me. I, I thought they were calling us in to be like, okay, the game has changed. You know, this is, this is what it is. And what it will be. And I was like, yeah, tell me all the juicy gossip. Let's go. Water cooler time. Yeah. And here I have this very serene, angelic, nun-like energy waiting for me to ask something. And the other problem is now I did ask questions. Of course I asked questions. I didn't derp to the point where I was like, never mind. <laughs> I, I just, I struggled for questions, but I did ask. And the problem is with the energies that are more serene and more calm and more everything is fine. Everything's going as it should be. That's the feeling you get. Well, if everything's fine and everything is going as it should be, why am I here? Why did you – you rubbed my lamp. You brought me here. Now you're just laying there napping? What, what are we doing? <laughs> um, and so even though I asked questions, all of the answers were very – Jamie Guide-like. And Jamie Guide-like answers are very love and light and namaste and everything's as it should be and feel into it. What do you think about that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like I've been tricked into a therapy session. You know, I did not, I did not sign up for this. I didn't think I was signing up for this, but clearly this is where we are. And so finally I was like, yeah, I'm done. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've given us today. That's next. And I brought Jamie out and Jamie was still in journey space, which is great because she saw my face and she was like, uh oh, 
<laughs> that didn't, that apparently was not what you were looking for. And I'm like, no, it wasn't what I was looking for. What was that? <laughs> I wasn't looking for that. Why would I look for that? And so it, what it did was it catalyzed a conversation between us with Jamie still in journey space and enough of the energies, because what was originally stated was that it felt like there were nine energies that wanted to come through. And the first thing I asked about was the nine energies. And she said, there are nine that could pot potentially come through, depending, basically depending on what I asked. So I kept on trying to ask questions to get rid of her <laughs> and she kept answering them. And I was like, I guess I should have just said, can you go away? <laughs> can someone else come forward? who I like better. I didn't know how to say that without sounding absolutely ungrateful. Because in the I moment, to be, to be very honest, I was absolutely ungrateful. I mean, so, I'm just going to say it like it is. So immediately, what I just got in my head is she wanted you to be direct. If you wanted somebody else, you needed to ask for somebody else. Right. And, and out, of, out, of t out of context now, it's a, it's a duh moment for me. Sure. You know, it's like, well, yeah, sure. why didn't I ask for someone else? And it honestly, it was because I was struggling with being ungrateful that we have the privilege of going into session and channeling these entities. And uh, I also have a belief that whatever entity comes forward is the entity I'm meant to work with. So I sure. don't call forward specific entities unless I have an agenda. And I don't usually go into session with an agenda unless I'm working on behalf of someone else. So it created sure. a bit of a roadblock for me because I was like, well, if you came forward, then clearly you were the one I was meant to speak to. Why would I ask for someone else if you came forward? And contrary-wise, why would you come forward if I was meant to speak with someone else? It didn't make sense to me. Well, so and, – and it's so interesting. So from, from my perspective, like I don't view the Sophia energy the same way you do. She just feels like she feels like a sister to me. So sure. so I don't get the feeling of hierarchy. And I understand like that's a that language of like discovering things. That's a language that I'm used to just from previous lifetime experiences. I've I've really spent I feel most of my lifetime in initiation phases and so that's very, like, that's very mystery school. That's very part of that. So I'm very used to it because that's, that's usually the cue to, um, to go into self-discovery mode and, and do that inward searching, which I'm quite familiar and comfortable with, but that's always the way it comes through. So I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I've had other things come through that have been more direct, but that's usually something like very outside of um, me just doing like normal self-exploratory type things. So what is I'm, what is outside of that? Uh, like like if I'm getting like very direct stuff, like in a moment, it's usually because I have stumbled across something that was just really meant to give a particular message, not just to me, but to like everybody who is, you know, rubbing that particular lamp at the time, if we're going to mm -hmm. continue to use that analogy. And so it is a little bit more direct. And um, like, like, I think of like Metatron, 
when usually when I come across Metatron, Metatron is is very much a you know Nailed. very very speaking in in sacred geometry, which drives me bananas because that means math in one portion of my head and and I don't math, although I know that I've mathed previously. Like it, it's it's a catch twenty two for me because I'm I'm all in and I love to hear about it but at the same time i get frustrated because i feel like i want to know exactly how that works and i cannot grasp exactly how it works the only part that i can grasp is that it does work and that i am very comfortable with the fact that it does even though i don't have the nuts and bolts of how it does and that makes me a little like er mm-hmm. kind of the same way the sophia energy makes you er that energy makes me err. And I like procedural energy. And and here's a, a little thing I wanted to talk about or wanted to mention with sisterhood energy. I don't identify with sisterhood energy. And I never have. I, I Sisterhood energy to me um, translates, oftentimes translates to a, not that it's always this way, do not misconstrue, but my my first inclination towards analyzing sisterhood as a concept is generally relates to a hive mind in my book. And I am very anti-hive mind. Now, there's a difference between unity and hive mind. And it's, it's in the nuances where things pan out. So I understand 100% your love and appreciation for sisterhood. However, I have my own stories and blockages against the energy of sisterhood. So when something like the Sophia comes through, I'm like, I've never taken very well to people calling me family. (laughs) I have sort of (laughs) made peace with the fact that certain people call me family yeah, I've noticed. But I don't I don't really identify with that. And yeah, you're included. Like when you started calling me your sister, I, I was like, okay. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you it anyway. Yeah, and that was your idea. answer. And and so there it was. There was a relationship. Jamie calls me sister, I call Jamie Jamie. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from in me. I don't think there's anything wrong with it from either side. I just, I am, I do ponder it every once in a while. Like, why am I so different in the way I process? Because that's all it is. It's, it's perception and processing your perception. Um, at the end of the day, we, you and I, even though we come from opposite perspectives or opposite aspects, we've met on common ground. Though it may be called something different, the words we use may be different. The feeling is mutual. Sure. Um but when I'm hit with an energy that comes through and is of sisterhood or ooey gooey, I take a step back and I put up a wall. Yeah. I Not a that. huge wall, just a pony wall, <laughs> a temporary wall, maybe maybe even like a fabric wall. I don't know what it's made out of, but it's not it's not concrete. It's not a lead curtain. It's just like a, whoa, calm down. I don't know you like that. And I well, feel. I, sure. I, 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 I get it. Do you? Because I barely get it. (laughs) 
I get it. Well, because I because I can tell you from from my perspective, I can tell you exactly where my alliance with that energy lies. And that is because I felt immediately rejected from family and I was constantly mm. searching for it and I was searching for that kind of support. So when I found it and when I do find it in, in all the places where I do find it, I, I tend to really lean into it because it's the only place where I feel supported enough to actually put all of those things forward and where it feels safe to be myself mm-hmm. because for a very long time and in various lifetimes it felt like you know like I was harboring these um these kind of uh you know uh god how do I even explain it like a very weighty knowledge that I was supposed to keep somewhat in the dark for a certain period of time and it's it's like holding on to a big secret like you're dying to tell somebody you're dying to tell somebody your struggles with with holding on to that you're you're trying to figure out why it is that you're doing that you're trying to figure out if it's the right thing to do to do that and to have a a common group or family unit of some sort or something that feels like, you know, we're in this together or we're walking this path together or we're helping each other through this together feels not only comfortable to me, but necessary to me. Like if I yeah. have to carry this on my own, like that's where people snap is because they can't, you know, they're, they feel like there's nowhere to turn. And so for me, it's always been very comforting to have something like that. Oh, bear noise. You're just going to hear bear noise today. He's, he's, a loud, he's a loud noisy bear today. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just something that I, I feel like it's always just been necessary to have that kind of energy around me. And I have two. I just am very choosy about with whom I am getting that energy. I don't I, – I, when, when I think of sisterhood, I think of that group is too big to manage. There's going to be someone in that group who misunderstands how committed I am to them versus how committed I am to the idea of them. And that to me – and I'm speaking very um, – I'm in a – Gosh, I'm not speaking currently. I'm speaking in a from an aspect of me that is through many lifetimes. Like I feel like I am exploring at this current moment, I am exploring a portal within myself to the root of this energy. Sure. And I am I, I and I I keep on seeing uh-oh. <laughs> Where did the tears come from? Well, I guess I guess I got to the base of the portal. <laughs> this is what we do. Oh no, vulnerability online. This is horrible. I keep on seeing an image and whether this was allegorical or it actually happened kind of doesn't matter. I don't know. But once you and I talked about what happened after the cataclysm. Remember? Sure. Yeah. And how we split off to do separate missions. And 
I don't know about from your side, but from my side, I held great judgment over you and yours for how you decided to deal with what was happening or going to happen next. There was a lot of foundation to lay. I don't harbor that judgment anymore, mind you, but a part of me clearly is still having processing issues with that. Sure. Uh, there were factions after the world ended. <laughs> it didn't really end, end. It just, the world as we knew it ended. Everything was shifting. Everything was changing. And there was a lot of scrambling to embed ancient information into the earth so that it could rise again. Now. Yep. <sighs> Whoa. Great. Now you trigger me too. <laughs> we can't both cry at the same time. That'll be no show. Uh, what the hell? can. Here it is happening right this, now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what is called the coming out of the 1111 portal. This is how it's been since this Dude. whole thing happened. Literal Dude. tears streaming down my face. Um, And there were different schools of thought as to how this should be done. And me being the pragmatic asshole I tend to be sometimes, <laughs> thought that we should embrace all of the changes that had occurred as a result and all of the changes that would be occurring, i.e. in this instance, it was about moving from a phase of uh, greater balance to lesser balance, moving into a patriarchy, moving into a hierarchy, moving into higher contrast. And my way of doing that was, of course, multifaceted because we are all multifaceted at all times. But the way that I'm focused on in this portal that I find myself in in this moment was by marching forward with a sense of purpose and an attitude of, I do what I want, how I want. And I'm not going to change who or what I am in order to fit in better to whatever the new regime or society requires of me. It, it is an sure. attitude I still hold very strongly to this day. Um, not that it's never been compromised, but that would be compromise. For me to yeah. act any differently would be compromise. This is basically who I've always been from every memory that I've ever had. I've had this feeling. Well, and you're usually from that perspective, I, I have, it has felt like you've always been in those at least in those previous lifetimes um very comfortable with chaotic energy well it's very funny that you say that because they were showing me while you were talking about sisterhood and the sophia they were showing me how i chose to deal with things and they actually gave me an interesting little snippet but i didn't know if it was gonna if we were gonna come back to that so i wrote it down um i i literally was more comfortable with chaos. I had, you know, on one of the few occasions that I've actually gone into trance regression, I tapped into a life where in the, in the, at the time I couldn't figure out if she was a demon or a goddess because she had been invoked. She had been prayed to for aid with a great war. And I found myself cackling <laughs> And sitting on the back of this war wagon that was full of bodies with spears sticking out of them and 
plundered goods. And I was riding away from this. It was in the early morning hours, like 4.30 in the morning type time of day. And I was riding away from this city that was, it had, it was a great city, huge stone city, and it was on fire. And I was cackling because I, and the, what I was telling myself was, look at what I've done. Isn't this wonderful? Now, keep in mind, there are, I know full well, there are people inside that city burning to death, being tortured, being raped. (laughs) This was not an okay seen by human standards, but by the energy of what I was at the time, I was like, look at all that they'll be able to build from what has occurred yeah. here today. Yeah, and that's how- down, wiping it clear. Yeah. Starting over. State, burn it with fire. And I've carried that with me my whole entire lifetimes, not just this life, all my lifetimes. Um, and it's not always the right tool. You can't use a hammer to screw in a screw. You know what I mean? But I yeah. do have, it's, it's embedded in me. It is a part of my makeup. And I always asked the question because she had, she had purple skin, well, lavender skin, and she had horns of some kind. I remember that. And she had coins. She had, um, over her outfit, she had coins, chains of coins hanging. And those were the coins that people had, used to pray to her at her temple. Um, That's what she did with them because, of course, she wasn't human. She had no need for their money. So it was just this, oh, look, they love me, kind of like they've invoked me. And she she adorned herself with them. And at one point I did figure out who she was, but I can't remember now. But what they said was that she was both demon and god slash goddess, depending on who you were asking. There was no well, difference to, to try and figure out what she was. That's only a human would do that. It always reminds me of like uh, Kali or the Durga. Like, no, no, she that's, wasn't. That's the kind of energy that it reminds me. It is uh, the same is energy. Not necessarily like it's and it's one of those things where, you know, this is this is another kind of difficult part as you start to like for me, I I also have like I have a, I have a degree in anthropology and history so like clearly that's our also one of my things like and you're a great lover of history as well but like i it's interesting because if you if you haven't done those deeper dives into those cultures and like have really started to investigate what some of those things mean because a lot of things that seem very scary and like oh dear like like who would ever want that or invoke that um on the surface you you are dismissing the duality portion because there's always two sides to those um you know even if you look in in um you know and turn it more forward to to different christian uh faiths and you're looking at what is considered the devil the devil is both you know an angel and a darker energy there's there's a duality to that even even in that context but until you like dive in and explore it's really easy to point a finger at it and say well that's just bad or that's wrong Mm -hmm. or that's not good energy and you kind of dismiss the fact that everything has 
a cycle that involves, um, you know, that involves the growth out of something that's maybe a little more dark and into the light or a period of darkness where something needs to regenerate. And so, you know, that's, that's always a difficult thing to navigate, especially like, especially when you're just coming into that kind of knowing and exploring like how you feel about spirituality in that way. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's a hard thing to wrap your head around sometimes that sometimes some of the things that we have, you know, just inherently thought of as bad or wrong or like dark and scary, that might be an aspect of that thing. But what is the full purpose? You know, if we take mother nature as an example, you know, nobody really wants to be compromised by something like a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake or even fire. But those things are often catalysts for new growth. You know, if we look at the example of something like a redwood, something as majestic and beautiful as the redwood, the redwood requires fire. It requires dis destruction to live. If, if there was, if there was no fire, there wouldn't be anything strong enough to break open the seed that seeds the redwood. You have to have it in order to have them grow. So, you know, that is very difficult energy to deal with, especially when you're just dipping your toe in things. And maybe your your upbringing has been such that you have uh, dug your heels in and have a very defined line between good and bad, right and wrong, you know, angelic and evil, however you want to put it. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes there's a whole lot more gray area than you realize or that you've given thought to. And even in those spaces where you're kind of, you know, it's, it's all a choice that leads you to a particular path. Like if I think about your story and kind of, you know, where you, where, where you and I at one point had split off. I, I think it perfectly mirrors the relationship that we still have, which is you hold a particular energy and I hold the opposite of that energy in certain aspects mm -hmm. along the way. But it allows us, you know, and the, the, how do, how do I even explain it? The energy that's underneath all of that is still a loving energy is still a compassionate energy. So mm -hmm. even when we have differences of opinion, and again, this is another reason why we do this podcast is because we are so different in certain ways. And it's nice to hear two people coming from two different sides and coming to a kind of a, an agreement or an understanding at least of each other. More importantly, more importantly, and this is a difficult concept for me to brain, even though it's so like in my head when I don't have to explain it, it's easy. But when I have to explain it, it's difficult. It's not just that we are coming to a compromise. We're not just coming to an agreement or an agreement to disagree even. We are starting to we are starting to 
understand that we're both headed in the same direction, even though it sounds like at times we may have completely opposite points of view. We are starting to recognize the unity in our opposition. And the necessity for the complex, the complexities of, of those dual aspects and how one thing helps to be the catalyst for another thing to happen. Right. You know, it's like, well, if everything was fine and good and well and dandy, then what would be your motivation to take that next step? You'd get mm-hmm. comfortable, you'd get complacent, you'd get, you know, very much in your routine or your, you know, or may even become apathetic if that is your nature. And then Heather I, had uh, a brain explosion, <laughs> apparently. I, well, not quite a brain explosion. It's almost like I saw it coming and I jinxed it. <laughs> Oh, no. I hate it's when like, that happens. You know, when you think you're going to sneeze and then it disappears, that's kind of the download I just had. I'm kind of wondering if, and we haven't quite gotten to this part of our topic, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering if there is, if that's changing now. Actually, no, I'm getting confirmation that that is changing now. That there was a time and still is, we're still in that time. There's a crossover that's happening currently. The mm-hmm. game is changing. Um, that would have required us to not be complacent, to not be comfortable. Uh, And so contrast was the tool of choice for that. Yeah. And it made us uncomfortable. Uh, We were forced to witness things we never wanted to see and experience things we never wanted to experience. And that was what catalyzed change. But now we are moving into an energy that... Change is catalyzed by what you want. You will be able, you will be driven by what you would love to experience as opposed to being too asleep to know that that can be a thing. And in fact, what they're saying to me is that the people who have been so successful that that we marvel at for having created these huge companies or amazing uh, uh, inventions, these people were placed here along the way to remind us that that's possible and to keep us focused on figuring out how sure sure but it also feels like the way that that happens like they're now saying look at it it had appeared that you had to do x y and z in order to get that but that's no longer the case right we're we're getting an opportunity to rewrite that because like the other thing that's been coming up has been um that we've we've had very specific tasks for a long time as as part of our path as part of our mission you and i I are humans i think humans in general but i think there's been a large group that has been you know kind of at least i know for myself that that what i have been doing has been very specific has been very driven and the feeling that I get is that it was like, okay, don't get too distracted by other day, you know, like everyday stuff because you need to stay on this particular path and make sure that you're hitting certain markers. Um, mm. you know, even though, even though like time, it's so hard to explain because you have to try to roll it into the whole, even, even though time 
doesn't quite figure into it. It's not about time in the way we think of time. It's more about matching up different. It's more, it's, it's matching up certain frequencies and in a, in a particular portion of an evolutionary stage, which we think of as, you know, the closest thing that we have to kind of like identify that with is time, a cycle of time, a period of time. Mm-hmm. And it's been well, such that it's like, funny. let me, let me just pause you. Cause they're, sure. what they're showing me is they, cause they kept on saying keys, it's keys, it's keys. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then to combine those two things, the image that they showed me were clockwork gears with the teeth fitting in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that very much tracks. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, you have to wait for things to certainly to very, you know, particularly line up. And it's been tried previously, but like you'd get we'd get to one place in one area, but we'd pass the moment for opportunity with the other thing lining up or it'd be just off by a bit or and then that would cause the next chain reaction to happen. And so it's like they figured out the correct pattern to have things come together and have things click in in order for this to kind of fall into a mode where it's now the the term that they kept giving me recently is it's on autopilot basically you don't right. have to steer as much it's you've all gotten to a place where now that frequency is just holding it's it's being held you don't have to work so hard. You're in the pocket. You know, we can we can put it into autopilot now. It's driving itself. And now you're freed up, basically, to take all of those things that you've learned, take all of those processes that you've kind of been through, and create. Well, and beyond take those processes and things that you've learned and tools that you've picked up and create... It's now what they're showing me that that their mission is with us that began with this portal or really was catalyzed by the energy of this portal. Uh, what they're showing me is that they it, the struggle is now getting us to understand that we don't have to white knuckle the things that we were trying so hard to do before that they've been done that the clockwork is all in alignment and everything is set and it's they literally say running like clockwork to me it's running like clockwork you don't have to worry we've got that part from here you've got that part from here that's the foundation has been laid and now they are and this was what i didn't know if it was going to come back in but it came back in this is what our session that felt like so frustrating and aggravating. This is what that first message that they gave us is all about. This They're trying to help us understand that now that the foundation has been laid, it's kind of a great, oh, wow. They are using the term great reset, which is a very buzzy term these days because usually yeah. it's political. But this is what they're calling it. They're calling it the great reset. Which is very interesting to me, and I was not counting on that. Um, so, but essentially, what ended up coming out of the talk that we had after our session mm-hmm. was they showed me a blank board game set, mm-hmm. and they're like, "This, this, this, this is your message," <laughs> and we ended up making it an Instagram post, and 
it was just a seedling, just a, a little, a little tiny, just one second of a picture, not even a second, a fraction, a millisecond of a picture. And that was the springboard for what has transpired since. Yeah. And it's been, and it's, you've already heard how it's going between us. We set out to talk about something in a very timeline-oriented way. Just, these are the series of events that we've been through since last we spoke. What's been going on in your life? And we will derail into this pocket of new information and ways of seeing things. Yeah. Which is awesome. And that's pretty much the message for everyone right now is if you're feeling like, if you're feeling like you're being pushed to do something, but you're like, but being pushed where? Like, where am I going? What is there? Because right. I see nothing. I literally see nothing. Um, This is kind of where that inner, that inner knowing, that inner trust, the inner faith has to come in. And as, you know, as hard as that is to follow sometimes, it's like this this is really your opportunity to feel things that you haven't felt before, to try things that you haven't tried before, to set aside the the old programming of I can't do this because this isn't viable or this isn't supported or they'll never it's, let me or they'll never let me this the the old the old ways of thinking about that are not supported and what sadly the, sadly yeah. the only way to understand what that means is to test it which means while it sounds great that hey guys you get to create everything from scratch what do you want what's the world look like that you want to live in that also means that you have to be willing to take risk after risk after risk after risk in order to test yeah. the waters because you're not going to, going to become, scary. it's going to be incredibly <laughs> scary. You're not going to feel comfortable until you have taken risk after risk after risk. Because what they showed me after the board game, a few days later, they gave me the image of a ship in fog coming into a completely new port. Is there infrastructure? There's no infrastructure. How are we going to dock? Where are we going to dock? Where is it safe to dock? We can't see anything because the fog is so thick. And... And the only way that they're going to accomplish their task of weighing anchor in this new port is to build from scratch. And that's where we're at. Yeah. We are give, being given the opportunity to really do what, to really discover what feels right for us, what feels good for us, what feels, you know, what feels, what stirs things like joy? What stirs things like gratitude? What stirs things like a celebratory feeling? Um, I had the opportunity yesterday to share myself in a way that I never thought I would share myself because Kinky. I was so hell-bent. <laughs> I was so hell-bent on on hiding myself for so long and not speaking up and not being present because it didn't feel safe to do that. And I had the opportunity yesterday to share about the energy work that I do to share about this podcast. Um, 
to my groups in circle, my friends in circle. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for joining <laughs> us if you're joining us. Um, and I, there were so many things. I had this rush of energy afterwards that I kind of almost didn't know what to do with. I was excited. And it was weird because building up to it, I felt the my immediate thought was, I feel anxious. And then I had to check in with myself because it kept feeling like that. That's not quite right. And I'm like, no, that's not quite right. Then what do I feel? It's like, I feel excited, which is not something that I would normally go to. My normal go to is to just feel like it's, it's anxiety. It feels overwhelming. It feels like I can't breathe. It feels like my head is spinning. It feels like I know I need to go lay down for a minute. You know, it feels, it feels like this crazy buzzy surge of energy. And I immediately want to assign that to anxiety, but anxiety and excitement are like next door neighbors. Yeah. They are so close to each other and you really do have to check in with yourself and ask, am I just assigning it anxiety because that's what I'm used to doing? Or am I actually feeling anxious? And then you kind of have to check in in other places. Like, how am I feeling in my solar plexus? Does that feel open? Does that feel closed? How am I feeling in my sacral? Does that feel open? Does that feel closed? Or my root? Look to those lower those lower energies, how do you feel in those lower energies? And if you check in with those lower energies, and they don't feel closed off, then chances are, what you're really feeling is excitement. So lean mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. And, and learn to be okay with that. And the only way you can learn to be okay with that is just by saying, I'm going to trust in this moment. I'm going to trust that this is a moment that's supporting me, I'm going to allow myself to feel excited. And I'm going to push the thought of anxiety to the sideline for right now. And Heather is shaking her head <laughs> with her hand over her face. Do you have something to add, Miss? What they were saying to me while you were saying that was um, the initial message was every one of us who were burned at the stake for being witches, that was a test to see if everything was in alignment to support this shift. And I was like, I'm not telling them that. That is awful. <laughs> None of us wants to be burned at the stake again. Thank you and good night. And so while you were talking, what they said was, well, this is why past life regression is one of the many tools that we embedded in this go around so that you would not, you would remember those instances and would be able to work through that trauma and because this go around, that's not a trauma that you need to worry about. But the problem was convincing all of us who had that embedded in us that it wasn't going to happen again. That's a huge part of the work this time around was all of that sure. past life trauma had to be worked through in order to get us even to a place where we would agree to take the risks that they're asking us to take in order to build from a new foundation. It's like, fine, I'll experience that again, but you better give me a tool. I need a tool. I like, need something. It, I need not, some sort of lifeline. I'm not, 
I'm not going to burn alive one more lifetime. It's not going to happen. So figure it out. <laughs> you need new technology. <laughs> you better have some new technology lined up because I'm not doing it again. Five or, times is enough. Thank you. 10, 20 times, however many times it was. That's enough. I don't want to do it anymore. Or a way to open, really, to, to open the experience up, to open the perspectives as such to where there are not going to be enough people on, you know, siding with, with that particular conviction right? to be able to carry that through. Right. You know, it's like, and yeah, that's, man, there can be a whole other thing just on that alone because <laughs> I've got some ties to that as well. But, um, you know, it's like going through, through this experience it was really interesting because so after the excitement, it, there was this feeling of just being seen, being held, being allowed to speak, which felt like release. It felt like weight off my shoulders. It felt like being able to breathe. Um, and you know, I had all of these things that kept kind of like coming up in waves and rolling in waves, I felt. And then all of a sudden I felt like towards the end of the evening, as I was kind of going through the, wow, you know, gratitude, appreciation, love, uh, thankful, um, you know, all of these things bubbling up, excited, uh, you know, looking forward to to new things looking forward to what comes next and then celebratory came up and i'm like celebratory i'm like what am i celebrating exactly it's not a birthday it's not an anniversary it's not a you know i look at all the things that are like normally <laughs> normally trigger you know like a celebratory thought and to to be super honest with myself I don't often feel like celebrating mm -hmm. like even those things that you're supposed to celebrate. I often don't feel like celebrating. So it was a very weird pocket to be in and to acknowledge yesterday evening that I felt celebratory. And I actually like I, I asked my husband because all of a sudden I had this bug up my butt. Well, let's let's go grab something to eat instead of making something. I really don't feel like making something. And what was really the catalyst for that was I felt like celebrating. And celebrating feels like wanting to be waited on or wanting to have, you know, not having to do the like the grunt work of like, you know, doing your own dinner and things like that, but like going somewhere and just being able to you know, have things, being able to have things come to you. Well, and beyond really. that, not beyond it, but um, preemptively to that, you nailed something without even, I think, realizing it, which is the energy of celebration motivates us to move. It's an energy that effervesces within us. And when you feel that effervescing of celebratory energy, it instantly makes you want to rise. It makes you want to get up and out. It makes you expand. Mm -hmm. It's an expansive energy. So, of course, you wanted to get out. You wanted to, like, I am a successful human being in this moment, and I want to be out wow. in that world as a successful human being. I want to put that energy out there. 
yes. that energy needs to be felt. It needs to be seen. It needs to Absolutely. be witnessed. Oh Woo. man, that is a huge one. Oof, celebratory. But it was crazy because on the way there, on the way to go grab something to eat, I literally looked at my husband and I'm like, I feel like celebrating. And he was like, yeah, you should. That like that was a big thing for you today. You should feel celebratory. Why not? And I'm like, uh, I don't know why not, because I just don't like part of there. There was part of me that wanted to say there's nothing to celebrate. Why are you celebrating? So sad. And I was like, why? It's like, well, because there was a part of me that said you didn't do anything. So what sad. did you do? So sad. But but I think a lot of people go through that mm -hmm. when something like that comes up. And I, it's it's important to talk about because it is sad, but it it's like a real thing. I think people get in the moment and then they shoot themselves down. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like I think part of me has kind of been in a mode of, you know, keep your head down and do your work for so long that it's like I don't. I hadn't, at least, I had not taken the time to celebrate wins. So we've talked about that before, too. Mm -hmm. You know, even when little things come up, freaking celebrate your wins. Yeah. And I say that, but at the same time, I completely acknowledge how difficult it is sometimes to do that, especially when you're, when you have been in a particular state where you're just, it's not something that you're comfortable with. It's not something that you're, um, naturally inclined to do or don't feel that you're nat naturally inclined to do um let me interrupt you there let, sure. me, let me interrupt you because there's something there's something birthing <laughs> um aside from the obvious beautiful correlation between the feeling of wanting to celebrate after having you know, done a thing like you did yesterday, which to put it bluntly for people who were not involved, Jamie ha is involved in a group and was highlighted yesterday and got to talk about herself and her work and her accomplishments and what she's done. And, and it was an amazing experience. Um, but isn't it interesting how we went from a conversation about being afraid we were going to be burned at the stake for lifetime after lifetime after lifetime? That's the risk that we were taking by living out loud which is one of the main agendas of this awakening is be yourself out loud authentically. <laughs> could, could you, what more do you want from me? Like, could you ask anything more? And this feeling of what it's like once you do that successfully, because all of the other, when you were mentioning all of the other celebratory, um, what are they called? <laughs> Words are hard celebratory examples we'll call mm -hmm. it like your birthday and the holidays and i mean you hear my voice as i'm saying and it, it sounds like a task why yeah. would you be there's no effervescence when something becomes again it's like is it ritual or is it routine that when we talk about the things that we're quote supposed to celebrate there is a heavy element of routine there where we will be required to do things that we might not have the resources whether it be well, and what? you just hit the nail on the head required it feels like required, a requirement yeah. Right. It doesn't feel like something you get to choose or something that you actually exactly, even get to experience. Exactly. And so that's what the effervescence is. That's what yeah. the effervescence is. Is that you? Uh, why would you be able to connect with that at first? It's so hard to recognize if yeah. 
everything is an obligation in your life. Yeah. You you yeah. had to identify it first before you could recognize it. And and your way of identifying with it was to just go with the moment. Like, what is moving me? Well, I'm being moved to move. Let's go out. Let's go out. I want to be waited on. I want this. And and all of a sudden, you went from normal Jamie mode, which is, well, I have to or I should, to I want this. I want to be waited on. I want no mess in my kitchen. I don't want to be the one who cleans. I want someone else to clean. And it was, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And that's the energy that we've just moved through as a result of the 1111 portal. Yeah. And it's it truly is. It's it's manifestation mode. It's I want to attract these things. I want things to come to me. And I know more than that. It's I want to experience what I'm already capable of, what is already mine. Like that's such a cliche. And I hate that it came out of my face because every time someone says that to me who's like a spiritual teacher, I, I give an eye roll. I'm just like, oh, yeah, abundance is already mine. That's why I can't afford to buy this, right? You know, <laughs> like, like I get it. But in this moment, a part of me is seeing that. Like I'm able to tap in in a different way that I've never tapped in before to identify with that energy. It's not I want to attract it to me. It's I went out and did it. It was already mine. I just needed to tell the universe, hey, these are my plans and I'm going to do this now. Well, and for me, though, I've I've had a hard time with that for me. So literally it was it was showing me. You are literally going to a place where you are going to sit down and things are just going to appear appear in front of you. You're going to tell somebody what you want and that thing is going to come to you. This is what that feels like. Yes, by the way, because absolutely. you don't experience that. So it that was literally the the elementary way yeah. of my guide saying, this is how it works, sweetheart. Right. You ask for what you want. And then the nice person over here brings you that thing. Right. <laughs> because, because it already put, exists for you. Because it already exists. And because you claimed it. Mm-hmm. And you claimed it. And so... It came to you. See how easy that works. That they're was showing me the, the kindergarten way. <laughs> yes, yes. They're showing me Las Vegas. That. They're showing me Las Vegas. They're showing me a buffet at Las Vegas. That's what. Sure. That's how we need to think of manifestation: a buffet at Las Vegas. It has everything you could ever imagine, and probably then some. And all you have to do is walk by the table, pick it up, and take it back with you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is even difficult for me to comprehend because I too still struggle with a huge lack mentality, a huge I don't have, I can't have, I won't have, what if I don't have, I'm afraid that it won't be, you know, I I, I battle that every day. But in this moment, they are showing me that buffet and I'm like, ooh, chocolate. Right. <laughs> that and chocolate's like, mine 12 different ways, bitch. <laughs> and right now I feel... I can feel within me in in my physicality, mm-hmm. which I'm very grateful for in this moment, the energy that I felt last night. I'm talking about it and I feel the same way. I feel like let's go out and party. Let's go out and and celebrate and have all the things. Let's have all the things. And isn't Why isn't not? that just isn't that just another side effect of this transition that we've made? It's like the table has been flipped finally. And on the other yeah. side of what was a struggle now is a realization and a growing comfort in the fact that it's already there for you. All you have to do is choose it. 
And that's just another part of that. Instead of instead of I don't want, it is I want. Instead of I can't have, it's I already have. Where is it? You know, let me and, go find it. It's here somewhere. Sure. And the interesting thing right now, and I feel like I really need to explain this because it's part of the work that I'm doing right now. I've, I've really been working um, very solidly for several months now, really turning it back to my physicality and learning to take all of those things that are, are generally kind of floating in the air around my head in that more upper chakra space and and kind of wrangle it and pull it into the body and feel it and connect those those areas connect the body and connect that kind of outward um or or kind of floaty space that i'm often in and right now the physicality of feeling that energy is it's very electric in my body it's very invigorating in my body and it's not just the the crazy caffeine it's transformed it's no longer a it's no longer an uncomfortable feeling because i'm starting to recognize it and understand it and uh feel into it in a way that's not overwhelming and doesn't trip me up it's it's a feeling like I'm also a medical intuitive and oftentimes they will show me the internal workings of the body. And so if I lean into that as well and kind of pair these things up, what it looks like is I can see like the electrical pulses going through the physical body and like it's lighting everything up. Like I can feel it like, like it's waking things up, like it's waking up the organs. It's, telling the organs how to function correctly. It's telling pain that doesn't need to be there, that it doesn't need to be there. It's telling like I have, I've had a weird shoulder thing happening and it was bugging me this morning before we started recording. And I can feel like it's still there, but it's so much less than because that, that energetic feeling is overriding that it's pushing that out of the way. And I can feel like it feels like I've been oxygenated from the inside out. Yes. It, yeah. it feels like um, it feels like everything has room, like things have been compressed previously, but things yeah. are expanding literally on the inside in my inner body's system functioning like the nervous system is is learning to recalibrate like it's. It's well, because as within in the moment, as within, so without, right? Yeah. And they were just telling me in my head as you were saying that they're like, "Why do you think that if you were asleep before, why do you think the body would be any less awake than you?" Yeah. And really. it, and since there's a delay because we are spiritual beings before we are physical beings, there's a delay. So as you come online. It's unfair to expect that your body is also online. There's work to do there as well, physically, to wake your body up. And it's funny because there's a part when I'm bringing people out of trance where I'm telling them to get everything moving again because it gets tiring, as in sleep, it gets tiring yeah. laying there and you know we need to wake the body back up. It's the same thing. It's 
wow, man, the holistic picture that they're showing me at this point as a result of this discussion is crazy. And I only hope that as people listen to this, they're getting their own holistic visions and downloads yeah. of what we're experiencing because you're in it too, people. This is this is not just our journey. This is your journey. This is the energies are supporting this now. We are yeah. in a new world order. This is the reset that we've been waiting for. Wow. It's that is it's it's so crazy. It's like, you know, and and another like another layer of the discussion over the 1111 portal and like things that we've been experiencing over the last week, really. Um, another portion of that has been like the Kundalini rising, the the um, female, the the masculine, the distorted masculine energy rising to meet with the sacred feminine and kind of regaining that balance and being intertwined and activating in that way and giving, you know, giving that support of, you know, it's kind of like there's been all of this, all of the upper work that's been happening. Like I'm, I'm kind of referencing back to myself now for a moment because like all that upper work has been, it's been a lot of that, like emotional energy that, which is, is, which is very much, tied to the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine is very much that architectural building moving forward igniting you know you have to have the masculine ignite something to to really have it take off and this is kind of where that's coming together we've been in this space where we've been cultivating this one side or where for me, I've been cultivating this one side. And now it feels like as the energies are starting to support where that masculine is coming up out of the distortion and into its sacredness and melding together, meshing together, intertwining together with that sacred feminine. Now it's like, well, here's, here's the propulsion kind of like we're bringing in the support of that being able to build that new thing so here's where we come in and i'm really feeling that like physically right now i can feel that lower chakra kind of kundalini energy coming up like through the spine it's it's amazing um you know it's like for people who do that work on a consistent basis dude i can see why you'd want to because <laughs> you know to feel like you've you know, been ignited like a rocket every day, I'm sure is, is an amazing feeling. Um, mm -hmm. And not that I haven't, like, I'm, I'm also trained in Kundalini Reiki. So I'm very familiar with the energy. It's just the, a matter of when things like, just like we were talking about the gears, when things right line up correctly, and something clicks for you as an individual, versus just maybe clicking in a moment of you know aha or a moment of expansion this is more like this is not just a moment of expansion this is a you have stepped into an entirely different realm of being you're experiencing something that you have not yet experienced before you are having new opportunities new things are coming online you're stepping into that and this is the fruit of that. This is what happens. And they want you to feel that because that's what that's going to be the motivation for you to continue. 
I love that feeling. I want that feeling to continue. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so that's awesome to have that, you know, that realization of, oh, you know, no, I hadn't celebrated. I hadn't, I hadn't ignited or, or, or like part of me wants to say, I haven't, I hadn't given in to that. And it's not a matter of, well, I guess at, at one point it was a matter of giving in because I, it felt like it wasn't something that I was either allowed to do, supposed to do, able to do. I had tethered myself to something, to a different energy for, for a period of time. So being able to switch that now and lean into that, how nice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> to put it, to put it quite plainly, how nice. And how nice. And now we're moving into <clears throat> a period of time where that will start slowly, maybe even glacially, although I don't know, it's kicked off with a bang for me and I think for you. But we're moving into a period where that will become the new normal. Mm -hmm. the, sure. the, old, the old normal was really that break that we had when the world shut down that was very purposeful and I fully and firmly believe that it was so that this could take place. I don't know behind the scenes what or why it was needed to have a break like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but I feel strongly that there was a definite correlation between that two-year period of wobbly shutdown yeah. And what we are just on the precipice of experiencing right now, we are just over that, just over the apex of the mountain. Just like the, like, the initial hump. It's like, yeah, just over just, that. You're just cresting. Yeah. But that also implies that it would be downhill from here. Um, I don't know about that, though. I, I and I think you have to. Well, it, downhill has its well, own struggles, but it well, moves but more quickly. Also, but you also have to redefine what that means to you because as much yeah. as you know you can either jack and jill tumble yourself the way down the hill <laughs> absolutely or you can ride the roller coaster and mm -hmm. you know so how do you or you know you think about the uphill being an uphill battle and a struggle and downhill being a breeze because you don't have, you're not working against gravity. You're not working against something anymore. You have the wind at your back and you have the ability to fly. And so, I think all are true. I think all of those yeah. are part of the definition. I don't think there is, you know, you can't, you can't cherry pick your aspects. It's going to be all of that. At times we will be Jack and Jilling. I already have. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't even been a week since, since the message came through and I'm already tumbling down the hill at times and other times I'm riding the roller coaster and it's complete fun. And yeah, you can't cherry pick your aspects. Yeah. It's, it's God, man, it, it feels, it's so interesting. It's so interesting because I feel um, I'm going to keep going back to like feeling and sharing what I'm feeling because it makes me feel in this current moment empowered. It makes me feel like stuff is aligned. It makes me feel like I'm more comfortable with my inner knowing. It makes me feel like it makes me feel like I could go 
take on whatever I want to take on, even though I don't really know what I want to take on at the moment, <laughs> which is probably the most frustrating thing. And if I, I guess if I really, if I really referred back to myself, I could come up with a few things, but it all, it all kind of feels like there's a, <laughs> it feels like the things that I would come up initially kind of feel like small fries, you know, against what the possibilities are. Well, I think that that's how it starts, though, doesn't it start? Sure. You have to pick up the weave again by following the frayed threads, the frayed edges. So you're, sure. you're, you see the threads, you pick a thread, and you start to follow it. And before you know it, you are in a new weave of your own creation. Sure, sure. I, I totally get that. It's, um, but yeah, man, what an interesting feeling to have. What an interesting pocket to be sitting in and yeah. I hope there's more out there who are able to pick up on that who are who are able to find that little spark and let it let it ignite you know uh fan the flame <laughs> let the oxygen get to the you know flame in a way that it's fan fanning it instead of smothering it and putting it out so this ties into what they were showing me slash what I was showing myself this morning, you sent that uh, tuning fork uh, sound. Uh, words are hard. Video, was it? Yeah, it was a video. It was a YouTube video, right? Yes, it was a it was a YouTube video from Jonathan Goldman. Okay. Uh, can we share that set. on our insights? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can, I can um, find really that. Really awesome, really awesome sound, healing, whatever, tuning forks, and she sent it to me and I started listening to it. And what I noticed most of all was how much information <clears throat> I was actually getting as a result of experiencing just the sound of the forks. And it dawned on me and I heard a voice in my head remind me that it's so easy and commonplace to disregard and take for granted information that you're getting on those subtle planes like that, like yes. where I was feeling it in my head, at what time, um, how I could predict the next change of harmonics. And I was 90% mm -hmm. of the time I was correct on where they were going to take the composition such as it was. Um, and there were a lot of very subtle pieces of information that I was picking up on that I think had I been me even a couple of years, not uh, like five years ago when I first started really delving into the spiritual aspect of this work, like really trying to figure out what that meant, spiritual, um, mm -hmm. that me would have not picked up on this information. Yeah. And I think that this is why a lot of people feel they need to have others read for them instead of mm -hmm. doing it for themselves, it's literally because you are missing information because you dismiss it out of hand so quickly as being not important. And I would venture that a great majority of people are dismissing it out of hand as being not important because of the mere fact that it's coming to them. Well, and because it's coming to them easily people don't trust those little nudges them and them easily and but that's isn't that sad though because that literally is the area that the communication with your guides begins well that that's and, how it starts 
And if you were, if you're curious about manifestation, that's really how manifestation works as well. Well, That's where it all begins. Exactly. It's where it all begins. And, and it's funny that you, that you mentioned that because it's, you know, the, the whole tie in to people just don't understand that they are missing it or how to connect to it. One of the first things that came to me after, um, after we kind of had our session and the whole, you know, blank game board and you were creating the game and you were creating all the things. One of the first little kind of like initial nudges that I got was, um, was teaching people how to feel frequency, which is something that has already been my work, but I haven't, I haven't done it in a focused way. And that's literally something that I am planning for next month to start when I'm doing sound baths is I, one of the, we usually do sound baths um, for the public twice a month, the first and third Fridays of every month here in Orange County. And um, what I'm going to be making one of the classes is a feeling frequency where I'm literally teaching people how to revert. It's, it's basics. It's not hard. It's all basic work. Well, but it's, ironically, it's difficult because it's so basic that yeah. we overshoot the mark consistently. Yeah. And and that's kind of where, um, like, I, I get a, uh, I get kind of caught up when I'm, you know, scrolling through Instagram and things like that. And I'm seeing all of these things like, you know, be a certified this and that look at this training, look at this classwork, which it's wonderful that those things are being offered. But at the same time, I'm seeing so many, um, so many people who are offering it fall into the trap where they, they get turned on right away. They go full tilt, want to learn all the things, and then they become a teacher of something before they've had the opportunity to really experience it. And it's, it's gotten to a point where it's starting to become trendy to do so. So when you get caught up in all of that, there's a lot of people who are missing the basics or who haven't really gotten the basics yet or forget how to align themselves and check in with themselves and get back to basics so that they can continue to further their practice. I think it's wonderful that it's all out there and being offered. I think everybody should be able to experience it and be able to experience it openly. But I get a little stymied when I'm watching people go through things so quickly. I'm like, if you're going through it that quickly, there's something that you're missing. And I think the part that you're missing are the basics because Mm -hmm. you learn it and then you're like, okay, I've learned that I'm on to the next thing. What's next? What's next? And that's, it's great that you're curious and that you're excited and energized by it. But at the same time, you just have to remember that it's really important to always come back to that, like square one, step one, and learn how to feel into it. I mean, I I go through those periods with myself where I have to remind myself, you know, are you getting into a routine? Are you getting to a, a point where you're, you know, forgetting to check in in these areas? I think a big portion of my um, kind of reinvestigating how I connect with my body and realizing, you know, I was not really connecting with my body the way I really feel like I need to. Um, And leaning back into that, this is a huge part of that. 
because as even though I'm going to be helping other people with that, I'm also going to be helping myself at the same time to to really um, solidify and uh, ground that portion of that work into myself, into my physical body, because it's it's a huge thing. It's one thing to hear it. We were pretty we're all pretty comfortable with hearing it. We're not all really comfortable with feeling it and picking up on all those little nuances, like you said, of like different areas of the body where things are feeling activated, where, you know, messages start to come in because you're activated, because you're putting connecting all the dots and putting all the things together and everything is coming online. It's like, you know, when they talk to us about, look, you're only using a fraction of what the human body has a capacity for. I 1 million percent believe in that because I think about how fractal, fractionated we've become and in us coming back to ourselves and picking up all those pieces and weaving those pieces back and reintegrating all of that back into being there is a process of, okay, now that all those pieces are back, you have to teach all of those pieces how to work as a cohesive unit again. And you're needing to really focus on in the body because those portions of you have not experienced this body. This body is foreign to them. You are teaching them how this body works, how this particular vehicle works. And vice versa, going back to what we were saying just a few minutes ago, your body has been asleep while being here as you have embarked on a jury of journey of becoming a physical being or a spiritual being. There are portions of your body that had been in such disuse over your lifetime because we were trained that we didn't need that. We didn't need to pay attention to that, that your body needs time and a, and like an alarm clock to come back online to join your spiritual ascended self your body needs time to catch up and isn't this just the hazard of any system there is a light side and a dark side to everything and the light side of having a system to do things for you is that you get to pay more attention and work on other things the dark side is is that if you are not responsible or mindful enough to bring yourself, as you said, back to basics, which is really just an awareness of not what are the, the basics as the system claims they are, what are your basics? Because as you evolve, whether it's physically or spiritually, your personal basics are going to shift and change. Absolutely. 1000%. And no and system put yeah. into place can keep you informed of this. A system is specifically designed to keep you uninformed. So you don't have to pay attention. It's a clockwork mechanism. It ha It's not sentient. Well, so and you currently you're creating your own system. So that's exactly. a whole new... <laughs> but you have to understand that you have to understand that your system has the only way your system can keep up with you is if you maintain your system. You have to curate it. You have to check in with it. You have to make sure everything's oiled and greased. You have to make sure that all the gears are in alignment. You have to make sure that all the springs are are still in place. Is the clock working? Yeah. And you can't just assume that I put it in place 10 years ago and it's still going is going to work for you anymore. Think of the old school wind ups that you have to, you know, 
check in with nightly and wind wind the stem wind your watch make, people wind your watch it's time to wind your watch and i have to say right now that i am <laughs> talking about wound um mm. not in a bad way but i again i will harken back to the the in the body feeling currently and i have not felt this way in a long time and i think the last time i felt this way literally like during a really deep meditation or or some sort of practice of the such but i feel so stretched in either direction at the moment but not stretched in a bad way hmm. stretched in a like um like feeling tall feeling expansive feeling expanded type sure. of way where but it's nice because it actually feels like normally i would feel the normally my my normal go-to is i would feel the completely online of the upper chakras and then i would feel the rope tether down into the ground what i'm feeling right now is and that always if if I really think about it, it felt like two separate things were going on. Like I was making it work, but it didn't feel it didn't feel super connected. It felt like I had a tethered to, but I wasn't connected. It Having wasn't a holistic. To is not the same as being connected to. Right now, right. I feel like the feet are planted. They are weaving down into the earth. The tendrils are being met by the earth and locked in. And that energy is being recirculated and being brought all the way up and connected completely with all of those upper things. And it's just that really beautiful circulatory system, spiritual circulatory system is happening. And dang, man. <laughs> and, and here's I'm, the thing. I'm down with that. And you can – and. There are things you can do to work towards understanding. If you didn't understand any of what she just said, there are things you can do. There are exercises. There are meditations. There are ways that you can personally tap into your own version of what she said. Mm -hmm. And then – but you have – that's the thing is that you can't just listen to what somebody's saying and strive for what they said because that's how it's done. You have to commit to the journey of tapping into your own investigation of what that means for you and you'll have an aha moment where you mm -hmm. tune in in such a way that your guides will inform you that's what she was talking about and you'll go, oh, and that will be your own understanding that no one can ever change or take away from you. That's yeah. how you have to do this work. You can't, you can't do it riding someone else's coattails. You have to figure out what any of this means for you and to you. You can certainly, you know, it's, it's great to have mentors. It's great to do research. It's great to find practices that resonate with you. It's great to find people that resonate with you. But as you're doing that, it's, it's like, here's a great, stepping off point here's a great you know oh i've been clued into a thing how do how how would i go about that well maybe first you try what they suggest but listen to all of those little nudges that you get along the way that say well i like that but i think it would work better for me if i did this or this or hmm i want to try that but i think it would also feel good to include this, you know, like I have had some really amazing mentors, some really amazing teachers 
even within my, um, you know, like, like delving into my more energetic and sound practices, but I always felt kind of a roadblock when it came to like, I would, I would move through certain portions of the teaching, but it's like, as soon as it got to, well, here you've learned how to do all the things, but if you want to become a certified practitioner of this particular method, that's usually where I will cut myself off because I know that I'm not meant to do it exactly the way they do it. I'm meant to have taken the teachings and the practices and let that trigger inside me what my own version or take of that is and put that into play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I have, I have practiced and learned biofield tuning from Eileen McCusack, but I am not a certified biofield tuning practitioner by choice because I, even though I love the way she does it um, and I've learned a lot of things from her, there is very definitely something that I connect with within that teaching that is very different from what she does. And I cannot deny that portion of that for me. I I wouldn't be able, you know, like I, I wouldn't be able to comfortably call myself that even though I've had the training, I wouldn't be able to comfortably call myself that when I have my own, my own inner knowledge and, and relationship with, with the practice and the tools that differ from the way she does it. So, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, I, I love her and I love the practice, but I do it differently. So, and it's okay if you align with something and then decide I love that thing. I have training in that thing, but I don't want to do it exactly the way they do it. I have, I have a pull to, to add my own flavor to that. We need your own flavor. The well, world and needs that's, your flavor. That's it right there, isn't it? It's that, you know, when you see these things advertised to teach you, um, they're all designed to catalyze you into your own individual fingerprint pathway. They're not designed for you to be, um, I, I am now a Reiki master, the end, and I do it the way my teacher taught me to do it. No, that's the jumping off point. <laughs> you have amazing individual gifts within you that are only going to be, be they're only going to come to the forefront if you allow them to change your form. If you allow them to change how you're doing something, you cannot implement a system and then not allow it to evolve with you personally. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I completely, I completely agree. It's, you know, it's like, you're, you're not meant to, um, you're not meant to be a, a product from a factory you're you're meant to they're exactly they are just catalysts they are you're and to be honest most of the time what they are catalyzing in you is a a memory of a forgotten thing that you already know 
I mean, if if I really think about it, I have been I have been performing Reiki since I was a child. I just had no idea what that was. Yeah. You know, it hadn't I, been I, labeled. It hadn't been labeled yet. I didn't I didn't know how I was using that energy. I didn't know how I was picking up on things. I, I used to do this as a teenager. And people would look at me and say, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just a thing that I do. It's, it's how <laughs> Magic. I feel. Well, it was really funny. Like I remember, I remember being a teenager and working at the Renaissance Fair and having a three-day weekend, which three-day weekends are usually uh, really rowdy at Ren Fairs, especially for people who are participants. And having a friend of mine that had gotten just drunk off his butt and was walking along our booth in his big old cowboy boots and had fallen and turned his ankle. And his ankle was so swollen that we couldn't get his boots off. And I remember getting him in a comfortable spot and starting to glide my hands over over his foot over his ankle over his leg and feeling where the body was giving off heat and then I just I just knew what to do I was putting a different energy into that area and I got him to the point where he couldn't feel the pain anymore it wasn't hurting him it wasn't throbbing and his leg had stopped swelling and we were able to get his boot off and then we were able to wrap it, you know? And it's like, I'll never forget that. That always stuck in my head because it was like, when I finally did start like discovering Reiki in more traditional terms and looking at, you know, like reading about it and things like that, I realized, Oh, I think, that's what was happening there and I just didn't like I didn't know that that was a thing I didn't know what to call it I didn't know you know I don't know I you know and it's like and I didn't know how it worked but I knew I knew that it was great energy management and I knew it was something that I wanted to eventually you know um really practice and um pick up for myself for my own personal use because as an empath it's taught me a lot about energy management and kind of how to get a grasp on that. And I think that's one of the things that, that led me to that. But, um, you know, and now it's just, it's so natural and naturally flows with the sound work. You know, I combine the two. Does everybody do that? Not everybody does that, but it's, it's what feels right to me. It's, it's as natural as breathing. So I, I don't really differentiate the two. It's hard for me to even explain people. Well, what does like, what does a session look like? And it's like, it, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, um, you know, it gets hard to explain because people want like some pretty textbook definition of like how a thing happens. And I'm like, look, all I can tell you is that I connect in with, all of these things, all of these things kind of come together. 
And when I decide that it's the time to put that practice into work, then like, like (laughs) I'm reminded of my Reiki master who literally her, her catalyst for herself to start the work or start a sec, a, a session. If she's going to do the work for someone else is literally clapping her hands and saying Reiki on. And that's, yes. <laughs> yeah. it's as simple as that. And it's like, but you tell somebody that and they're like, well, that's not complicated enough. You're not right. really doing anything. Or that and doesn't sound like, professional. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, what do you want? Like, I, I'm sorry, this is the way it works. I can't, you know. I, <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that it's, it's the Reiki energy is forever flowing through us, every single one yeah. of us. And yeah, what you're doing by saying something like Reiki on or, you know, bubblegum, it doesn't matter what your keyword is. That is you mm-hmm. bringing your awareness towards channeling that energy. The energy is already there. It's the Vegas buffet. It's the spiritual Vegas buffet. You want Reiki? It's right there. All it's you have to do is bring out your- waiting. Yeah, you just have to bring your attention to it. And and that's what they're doing. It's not like we are doing some reverent ritual to be graced with the healers, to be imbued with the healer's energy. We're all imbued with the healer's energy. Which you can if you want. If if that's if something it suits that you, you want to do, if it suits you, if you like the practice of of a ritual, of a ceremony and that helps you in some way, then by all means, please go ahead. But if if you start down that path, then one day you feel like, you know, it'd really be nice if I could just snap my fingers, make it happen. Uh, try snapping your fingers and making it happen. Because I bet you you can. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be as complicated of a process as we make it sometimes, but it can be if that helps you. It's, you know, we have options. Well, And the reason I say what I said is because I think people believe that they are not, it is not available to them. They are not worthy of that. They haven't done, they haven't jumped through the hoops because our society is based on making us jump through hoops to make us worthy of being professional, whatever that means, or to make us worthy of being scholarly. We have to jump through all of these preordained hoops to have permission to call ourselves things. And what we're trying to get across is that you are already these things. You just have to own it in your own way, whatever that looks like for you. And I think for a lot of people, that is way too big a scope, way too much freedom for them to identify with comfortably. Sure. Like, for example, it was really like the last, the last class that, that I created and, and put out there. I struggled really hard because I I don't necessarily believe in things like certificates. But I created a certificate for the people who went through this because I have learned that people really need certificates in certain points in their life to feel like they've done a thing. And that is Again, Which kind of is fully oppositional to what you stand for, because in order yeah. to give someone a certificate that says they've completed this thing, they are literally waiting for you to give them permission to be complete. No one needs to give you permission to be complete. No one needs to. No one needs it. And it's like and it's so to me, it was like a completely arbitrary thing. But I went ahead and did it because I'm like, 
if you're waiting for me to say, go ahead and do the thing, then here you go. Here's your piece of paper that says, go ahead and do the thing. You learned <laughs> and, the thing. And next time, you had please. an accomplishment. Yeah, please. but at the same time, I'm getting, because I was just about to be snarky, and the guides were like, but, 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 wait a second. There is a evolutionary process in exactly. even giving yourself permission. You exactly. have to, you know, and, and if if we are trained to jump through hoops by a society that says you are not until we say you are, then perhaps as facilitators, practitioners, teachers, whatever you happen to be, perhaps part of our job is giving erroneous certificates that say you're worthy of going forth and using Reiki in order for people to have jump through a hoop that they think is real at the time, but when they look back on it, they're going to go, oh, <laughs> I didn't really need a certificate for that, did I? Like this I is actually to give inside me. permission. Yeah, and there's a but journey. I didn't realize. That. Yeah, yeah and, but I didn't realize. And, and honestly, the journey to that, one of the most important things during that journey is to narrow down the parameters of what it means to be self-empowered because self-empowerment is such a vast and overwhelming feeling when you are not used to it. And that's oh, one of the yeah. ways to do that. So I can see the value in it. It's just, it's difficult because we know the truth. Yeah, it, it's, it is. It's really hard sometimes when you're putting things together and you're like, you know, it's it's hard when you're trying to settle with your wrestle with yourself mm -hmm. and kind of settle into like, OK, like, what is this actually going to be? And you're like, oh, I'm going to have to actually make it like a class. I'm going to have to call it a class mm -hmm. or a workshop, which is fine, because as we were talking today, the guides were like, hey, you should make a class. And yeah. I'll, give you more, I'll give you more information about that later. Not you, the listener, necessarily until we're ready. But we'll, we'll talk about right. that later because they, they've been in my ear about yeah. something. There's, yeah, there's been a lot of that lately, mm. and, which I'm down for. It's like sweet beans. Let's let's do it. Let's go for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, the, this is why we have these conversations. This is why we're bringing this up, because we know we're not the only ones who have wrestled with this in our heads. We know we're not the only ones who have kind of gone, but is that a thing? Is that a thing that I need? And it's like, well, no, not technically. But if it empowers you, if it makes you feel, if it is that, and okay. And so my guys just said, well, just like reading cards for someone, what are you actually doing? And I tell people this all the time is look, I'm tapping in to you. I'm holding space for you. I'm having you put your energy into the cards. And then we're pulling. Basically, you are telling yourself what you need to know. Right. I am setting the stage. I am making it so that you feel comfortable. We're creating and a channel. I am, I am. I am helping to facilitate. That's all that I am doing. I am not pulling some magical answer out of the ether. I am I am helping to relate to you back to yourself. I'm kind of being I'm being the mirror. I'm being the reflection of you in that moment. I am taking you on and I'm turning around back to you. And that is basically the same thing that the that that the offering of the certificate is the offering of the certificate is here i am holding it up i am handing it back over to you here is your permission to go be wild and beautiful and strong and empowered in this thing that you already know and go forth and do whatever you want with it um 
it's just not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to relate to all the time. It's not an easy thing to get right away. But that's part of the demystifying of the mysterious. It all seems like something that's, you know, it don't get me wrong. It is magical, but it's not it's not beyond your reach. No, uh, it's you've already overreached. Yeah. That's the theme here. It's not beyond your reach. You're overreaching. You are overshooting the mark because we have been we have been trained and programmed to reach beyond into the physical, into something that we think is not within us in order to have something within us. It, it, it's so backwards. We'll we'll talk about it more. We can't not talk about it more. It's so important. But yeah. it, it's it's so it's so beyond your grasp at this point. And I know that doesn't make sense. Like no, if you could but just the, see what I'm seeing in my head. It's yeah. just oh your glasses are on your head. You didn't lose them. They're you're wearing them on your head. You're it's actually right there. wearing them, they're on your face. Like if you just reached up and they're right there, that's why you can see what you can see is because you're already wearing the glasses that you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> it is so frustrating and comical and mm-hmm. sad and wonderful and yeah. beautiful and exciting and, and frustrating. So pathetic. <laughs> you know, it's it's all of those things, but that is that is the experience and those are all of the things that we're supposed to awaken to to trigger us to do whatever we do next. You know, it's awesome to be able to actually sit in that energy and know it. And, you know, once and it's one of those things, it's like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you feel it, you can't unfeel it. Once you know it, you can't unknow it. Mm -hmm. You may struggle with it from time to time. but (laughs) It's always going to be in the background there reminding you, hey, remember, we already figured this out and it's okay to go forward and it's okay to trust you. Man, man, <laughs> jeez! I really think we've done the thing. I really think we've done the thing too. This is gonna but I just want to say, I just want to say, this episode is going to drop on Thanksgiving here in the United States. So if you are with us today on this holiday and you have chosen to not let this holiday obligate you to a ton of things that you didn't want to do, and instead are celebrating by listening to our podcast, we thank you for spending Absolutely. this holiday with us. We are thinking of you as we spend our own holidays with each other. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for tuning in. We're we're grateful for you. So thank Very you. Very grateful. Our mission is to empower you, so if you have enjoyed the show, please like, comment, subscribe, and share. Help us appease the algorithmic gods because it empowers us to empower others. And if you would like to stay up to date with our insights, downloads, and upcoming shows, check us out on Instagram by searching using our inside voice, all one word. And until next time, this is Jamie. And this is Heather. And we are using our outside voice to say stay safe. Stay sovereign, and we will see you next time.